This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who've gone through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. Today, I'm honored to have with me Mallory Leone, who is here from, she's going to tell you where from. It's good to see you, Mallory. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Mallory, I would like to give you the mic to introduce yourself to please let me know and let all of us know who you are, where you're from, and what keeps you busy during the day. Yes, so my name is Mallory. I am a spiritual guide, mystic, and coach. I own a company called Manifest Box, and they are custom ritual kits for love, for money, for all of those things that people want in their lives, uh, making spellcraft and ritual really easy for people. I am based in Las Vegas currently, but I'm California bred and uh, lived there on and off for many, many years. Awesome. I'm so ready to geek out, Mallory, because so I studied cultural anthropology, right, which is all about ritual, all about different cultures and how they make meaning and create transition and all different, just amazing stuff through ritual. Yes. And I, I want one of your boxes. <laughs> so, so cool. So Mallory, as you know, this is a podcast by and for women who've gone through some really, really rough stuff, dare I say trauma. Mm -hmm. Would you please summarize for us what you went through and what was the worst part? Yes. So I think my first real experience with trauma was my divorce in 2016. I was pretty prepared for it and it was relatively amicable, but I think that um, it was the first time that I was very conscious of this idea of trauma and being... Um, you know, taken, taken away from a, an entire life that you had planned for yourself. It felt incredibly traumatic, even though um, we both sort of knew what was going on. And I thought that that was a pretty crazy thing to happen to me. I think I was about 33 at the time. And then in the fall of 2017, um, without going too much into detail to protect the identities of the people that were involved, um, I learned of some really major sexual abuse in my family. And I have a very, very tight-knit Italian family. Um, they, you know, many of them were my heroes, people that I looked up to. And um, it started with a letter and it unraveled an immense amount of family trauma going back generations. And... Um, and I think the biggest thing from that particular experience was the complete rewriting of a family history and of my own life. Because once you know something like that, whether it is a repressed memory, mine was sort of like half repressed, if that makes sense, um, where I remembered the actual incident, but it was other people coming out with their truth that made me realize that, that my memory was actually true and not a weird fabrication of my brain. Um, and, and going back and being like, wow, these people aren't who I thought they were. And these stories and, and, and all of just the, the foundation of who my family was, um, was completely different than I thought. And not only that, but then dealing with the actual <laughs> trauma of, of childhood uh, sexual abuse that I then had to go back and deal with in a very real way. So that the is past couple of years have been really interesting. <laughs> Interesting is one word for absolute caca, definitely. <laughs> there are so many different ways we could phrase it, but yeah, I mean, both, both of those things, my gosh. And, and it sounds to me like what those two experiences had and have in common 
is kind of like the narrative of your very life being pulled out from underneath you like a rug. Yes. And my kind of conception of what trauma is and what trauma does is that it, it truly is traumatic when you have to rewrite a story. When you have, when we have expectations about our lives, I went through a divorce myself and you, and I had this narrative that I had written for my life, this kind of narrative arc that I had written as a child and an expectation that it would go down a certain way mm-hmm. and to have to back it up or to have to either decide to, or have someone else decide to completely change that. That is, tr- that's traumatic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And whether it is your future and, you know, what does your 401k look like without your partners and what does raising your child look like without your partner and where are you going to live and what will your day look like? Everything from the most minute details to the biggest, most macro (laughs) sort of look at your life to going back and rewriting your past and looking at these people or this person in your life, someone who maybe was a hero to you or who meant a lot to you, and then realizing that it's much more complex than that. You know, maybe they're not evil. Maybe they, maybe there, it was much more complicated. Um, but even so going back and having to reconsider, you know, your everything, your, your entire identity as a person. And, and I think that, um, childhood sexual trauma is so interesting because it has a lot to do with power and um, it has a lot to do with your, uh, how you look at yourself and what you how you calculate your worth as a human being, because oftentimes victims of child abuse, um, they're looked at as objects by their abuser. And so they grow up thinking of themselves as an object. And so really going back and unraveling a lot of that um, has been has been super interesting over the past couple years. I bet. And you know, another thing that it takes, I will say that it takes is so much strength, so much strength to kind of hold up that mirror of yourself, either now or in the past or at any time. It takes so much strength to face that and to take that particular journey. And what I would love to ask you is based on where you are right now on your journey, what is the best part about being where you are right now, whether you see yourself as being on that other side or close to it or wherever you are, but what's the best thing about now? Oh, that's such a cool question because I just got back from vacation. (laughs) 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 Amazing epiphanies. Um, The best part about being where I am sitting right now is realizing that this isn't over and that it may never be in the way that photos and magazine articles and movies and novels make me think it should be over. Like there's some finite end to this. Instead, like any trauma, like any um, grief or, or sadness in one's life, it's more like a wave and there's ups and downs and you get to sort of see your trauma or the incident or whatever you've gone through in at different angles in different lights and that's actually kind of cool because you're learning about yourself from all the all of these different angles and so realizing that i'm not waiting for the door to shut i'm not waiting for this to all be over because there was there there may always maybe not always but 
for now, it's been, you know, been a couple years and I'm just realizing like, how cool is it that I get to see this from different angles and that my, you know, the journey's not over and I can have really, really good days and really, really good stretches of time and experience joy and love and all sorts of amazing things and still have this thing that was really awful that happened. It's not one or the other, you know, you don't, you don't have to choose. You can be going through something really bad or have gone through a horrific trauma, you still get to be happy. And that's really cool. And it doesn't mean that that door has to completely shut before you can be happy. That's not at all how this works. Yes. I love these insights. And there are a couple things that I'm hearing. One of the things that I'm hearing, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, is that, (laughs) is that, you seem to view the trauma that you've gone through from a perspective that allows you to look at it as an opportunity for learning, for learning for a different perspective, for growth. And that ain't how everybody looks at trauma. And I really like, to me, that seems like a gift. And I I share that with you. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty incredible. And I also love what, you, what you're saying about how the yin and the yang, like the, darkest, the darkness and the light, they coexist. And how, I mean, one thing that I believe that I would, that I would kind of um, build on what you said with is that, is that when you get more in touch, more deeply in touch with the darkness, with the crap, with the muck, with the dark side, the joy is different somehow. There's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a new and different quality to it. It's like, I don't know it's, if it's because the joy feels harder one, or if it is such a miracle that joy can coexist with that darkness, what, whatever it is, but it's very beautiful. Right. I love that. And I think the joy becomes less external. The more you deal with this sort of thing, right? It becomes more of an, an internal job. It's more from a, a perspective or of, of letting go and accepting joy or creating joy yourself as opposed to waiting for the next big amazing thing that's going to happen to you. And I think that that is trauma is an amazing teacher when it comes to, to something like that. Oh my gosh, this stuff is so juicy. Trauma as a teacher. <laughs> love that. What a concept. So cool. So Mallory, I'd love to ask you, I have been observing that brave warrior, strong women who've gone through tough stuff tend to travel in packs. And what I'm wondering is, who are some other warriors like you who come through some tough stuff, perhaps women who've been inspirational to you on your journey, who should absolutely be on my podcast? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I'm really lucky. I actually have a group of them. (laughs) They are my sisters in arms. They are my, I call them my witch sisters. We were all a part of a group last year um, in 2018 that we met every single month for an entire weekend. It was sort of a mystical school situation. This was in Long Beach, um, run by a woman named Brooke Albrigo. So she's my number one. Mm-hmm. Number two would be another teacher in the group, Michelle Prentice. She's an astrologer, has been an astrologer. She's like second generation. Her mother taught her and she has been through the most insane things I can, like uh, many other women that I've met. And uses those experience to learn and grow and share and then you know lead other other people into their healing um 
a woman named Linda Addis. She is an incredible energy healer, light worker, and um, and a truly has in and she's young and in her short life has gone through so much and is just completely transformed into an, one of the most incredible healers I've ever worked with. And she is a great friend and sister as well. So I would say those are my top three, but everyone in my group, and I think there's like 10 of us, <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> What a gift, what a gift. And thank you for those recommendations. I can't wait to get in touch with them. Yay. All right, so the big nugget here. So Mallory, what is one piece of advice or maybe two that you would give to women who are listening right now, who are in a place of dark night of the soul, going through the muck, how would you advise them to get to that other side? If there is such a thing as one other side, I think you know what I mean. Yes, get through, get through the hardest bits at least. Um, I'm working really closely myself with mindfulness right now, and it is such a sort of trendy term, and I think it was maybe on the cover of every major magazine over the last three years, and so we start to ignore it, and we start to sort of <laughs> look past it as a... Um, and it's also very simple. And I think people want like really complex, our brains, our egos ask for really complex step-by-step -step charts and graphs and studies and like all of these things that are really complex and possibly expensive because that means that, you know, it's worth more. When I say mindfulness, I literally mean putting one foot in front of the other. That means go to the sink, brush your teeth, get the glass of water, get the kids shoes on and not thinking of the pile of things that you have to do that day or the many things that society or the people in your life are expecting from you. It's literally going from moment to moment. And it truly is, is so transformative and, you know, get someone to hold you accountable, get a friend or, or some, or if you feel like you don't have anyone, like, I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's <laughs> different uh, people, maybe a, an online group or something, because it's so easy to forget because it's so simple. But overwhelm and stress and anxiety and depression are bred from this idea that not only do you have to get over this, but you have to be perfect on top of it. And you have to be a great mom and you have to look good and you have to get that promotion at work and oh my gosh, money and all. So then it starts to pile up. So that idea of mindfulness. I also really, really want to let go of the idea that I, I tell my clients, like, when you're done, you're dead. And it's a little bit shocking maybe to hear, but like, you're never done. Like, you don't, this doesn't end, guys. Like, it doesn't end till it ends. And that's good. That's actually an awesome thing to hear because you have opportunity after opportunity um, to go with that wave pattern of like ups and downs and embracing all of the different things that come at you. I hate the idea that there's a program you can go through or a book you can read or even a podcast that you can listen to where then you do it and you do those steps and like, we're good. It's, it's much more of a, um, it's nonlinear. This process is so nonlinear. Mm -hmm. And so the second you start to embrace the idea that you're never done until you're really done. <laughs> a lot of pressure let up, right? Well, and also depending on what you believe in terms of energy, reincarnation, I mean, depending on your spiritual beliefs, we very much could not ever be done. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Just depending. Absolutely. Yeah, but I love that. Don't expect the process to be linear. linear. 
And something else, speaking of geeking out on anthropology and ritual, is I think that mindfulness and ritual are so linked. And, and sometimes we think of ritual as being something that needs to be elaborate, as being something that has to require a lot of decoration or mm -hmm. a certain type of complex chanting or ritual is also another way of just thinking about a habit, just thinking about the way that you move through the world every day. Absolutely. And, and I think that people who really study and really practice mindfulness, practice turning those habits, those day-to-day -day things that we do, just being in the world and moving and putting that one foot in front of the other and walking to the sink and brushing your teeth, those are habits that also are ritual. They're ritualistic, washing your hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so in so many cultures, the meaning of washing your hands is very deep and profound, mm -hmm. even though it's a simple act. Yeah. So this is this is just this is just good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so good. good stuff. It's so good. Rock on. I love your advice. I love it. And I wanted to ask you my last question, Mallory, is since we're all about being epic here, if you could have any superpower that you don't already have, what would it be? <laughs> okay. I love this question. Mine would be to go back in time assuming that I could go without affecting the future at all, mm -hmm. um, just to observe. I think that like historical context is so important. I think it's also really important for people in this day and age, especially, and especially in the West, to realize how good we have it. <laughs> because there's so much to complain about, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot that's wrong with the world, and it's really easy to get caught up in that. But I think time travel would be so epic because you could go back and you could not only observe what, like how interesting humans are and as a cultural anthropologist you understand but you can also really see like in the context of what we're dealing with here <laughs> we actually live in an amazing time and there's a lot to be grateful for agreed we do live in an amazing time and i also think that we live in an amazing place um, being from, being not from Southern California, I'm appreciating that a lot because yes. I just moved here to LA. Oh. So cool. Mallory, I'm so grateful to you for being my guest today. Where can we find you online? Yes. I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm at Mallory Leone on Instagram at manifest underscore box. If you're interested in those boxes and then MalloryLeone.com is uh, my, my site. Okay, so manifest underscore box. All right, and MalloryLeone.com. Awesome. And that is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y-L-E-O-N-E.com. So right. cool. So this is Nikki Bruno with Mallory Leone at the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more information about how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience, please go to theepiccomeback.com.